0: We are here to celebrate. Amen? We are here. Amen. We are here for one reason. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let me say it again. He is risen. risen Our Savior is alive. And that's why we're here today. To celebrate Him and lift Him up. You know, last summer I was trying to figure out, so what are we going to be doing for next Easter? Yeah, I think about those things like nine months in advance. And so I'm thinking through, like, what's it going to look like and how can we go after this? And this was my thought at the time. We need to be able to celebrate what difference it makes that he's gone to the cross. We need to be able to celebrate God's impact in us as he works in us, through us, and about us. That's what we can go after. And here's the deal. The book of first Peter, the first section of first Peter of of the first chapter, that's what he does. He simply celebrates God at work and our benefit, our faith in him, God's unbelievable work in us and how we can have hope as we believe in him. You know, as we get started, we're in a new sermon series here starting today. Fresh faith in a hostile world, fresh faith. I'm not talking about just try to muster up something and believe a little bit. I'm talking about dynamic, life-changing, fresh belief in him. We're going to be going through a sermon series over the next eight more weeks after this, just looking through the book of 1 Peter on how we can have that kind of belief in him. So let's get started. I need three volunteers who love chocolate. Three volunteers who love chocolate, all right? It's weird. I thought, like, this whole front row would go crazy. <laughs> Three volunteers who love chocolate. All right, come on up. Go ahead, Dave. All right, let's go ahead and take you right here on the corner, all right? Why don't you guys come right up here and turn around and face center. All right. Did you know you were going to have to do that? No. Now you don't want to do it anymore, right? <laughs> all right. Let's get names just so everybody knows you and you don't know them at all. all right. Dave Walden. Dave. Shelly Camden. And Shelly. And Angie. So, Dave and Shelly and Angie, here's your job. All right. We were talking through a little something that I could have up front where you might be able to see it from the back. Did it work? Can you see this? This is a two pound, two and a half foot Easter bunny. Can you see it? And it's made out of chocolate. Not just a little part, all of it. Your job, each of you individually, is to figure out how many calories are in this. (laughs) And the winner gets to keep it. All right? So you have about 20 or 30 seconds here I'll give you to try to figure it out. I got to hold it because there is nutrition value on the side and it's pretty much all zeros. I'll just tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, it's, no, it actually is hollow. That's a good question. It's a hollow two-foot bunny, okay? Why don't you be thinking yourselves, what would I say if I were up there? All right, you about ready? Alright, Dave, what's your guess? How many calories? About 900. 900. 900 for Dave. Alright, Shelly. <laughs> I'm gonna say about um, like 2,000. 2,000. Alright, Angie. 5,000. Alright. Just so you know, the answer is 4,800 calories. Yes. Apparently you are allowed to break this into twenty servings. I can I went over it I still Oh yeah, it doesn't matter if you went over. (laughs) Five thousand is really close. I don't know, maybe you can eat the ribbon around it or something. There you go. This is for you. All right. One more thing though, just for playing the game today. We do have a couple of giant ursy bars for you guys, all right? All right, thanks. All right, what in the world does that have to do with faith? (laughs) What if I had asked them, pick your favorite color? And one said red, and one said blue, and one said green. Are they right, or are they wrong? Well, the answer is, it's whatever you want to choose, right? Whatever's good for you. Question, is faith more like the calories in a giant chocolate Easter bunny, where there's an absolute number? a real known number or is faith more like just pick whatever red blue green whatever you want your own way whatever however you want to go about it is it absolute or is it your choice as we start to dive into the book of first peter i want to tell you this absolute is the answer we have an absolute god with an absolute plan And he is absolutely working in your life. And he is moving and shaping. Absolute. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Definite article. Not I am a way, a truth, a life, but I am the way. As he was on the cross on a Friday night, he said, It is finished. It what? If there's multiple varieties of ways, it what? One way. The provision made at the cross. It is finished. Jesus shed blood for you and for me. And he rose again on Sunday morning. Alive. For you and for me, hope of a future with him. Know this. As we go into this sermon series on fresh faith, it is based on our God it is based on his being absolute faith has some absolutes and today we're going to celebrate a few of them in peter first peter he just starts pouring over some of the absolutes that we can trust in about our salvation and his work with us so we're going to go to first peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 12 you know we've got the ushers coming forward and they've got some bibles in their hands if you're with us today and you don't have a bible just raise your hand we'd love to get one to you okay we're going to be walking through these verses, First Peter 1, 1 through 12. Just raise your hand. Be a little patient with us if you can. We've got a lot of people in here. So uh, just raise your hand and we'll get a Bible to you, okay? First Peter 1, 1 through 12. Celebration of some of the absolutes in our faith, and our salvation. First, God's mercy, our salvation. Guaranteed. God's mercy, our salvation. This is one thing we can celebrate. Let's take a look. 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter, you know, the guy who was willing to walk on the water, the guy who probably could best be described as impetuous, right? He'd leap out at any moment and just wing it. Peter. But he was called by God to be an apostle. One who helped build the church. One who was called and gifted by God To be a part of establishing the beginnings of those who would reflect the glory of him forever. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who are. And here we go. He's going to give us four big ideas about salvation. First, to those who are elect. Exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Elect. This word election, it's a big word. And it's our first word in the salvation element. It's God from the beginnings of time, choosing. That's what the word really means, elect. It means this. Elect. To reach down in and pick up and choose. It's saying, God the Father is at work in our lives, election. When? According to the foreknowledge. Of God the Father. According to the foreknowledge. What is that? Well, for you know, like before. So pre-knowing. God having this understanding as he sat at the beginning of time for us. Looking forward into. He knew all about the world. He knew all about what was going to be happening. He knew all about you. He knew exactly what was going to be going on in your heart. He knew your strengths. He knew your weaknesses. He knew ahead of time All that you are, in God's foreknowing, He's working with you and choosing. He's reaching down in. Now this foreknowing, we have to be careful. It doesn't just mean He had some inklings. He had some kind of little fuzzy feelings ahead of time. It means He deeply understood and knew from beforehand and began to work with it then. Foreknowledge It includes a sense of action at the time of knowing. And that action is in part the election as he's working with us. He's choosing to work with as he foreknows. That's what it says right here. God's election. So that's the first element in our salvation. Let's just jump to verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He just got done talking about how God the Father is doing all these things for us. Praise be to Him. That's what Peter's saying. Praise be to Him. A little bit more of the reason why. According to His great mercy. Mercy. You know, when somebody deserves punishment, but you hold it back. Mercy. Not giving somebody the punishment they deserve. According to that great mercy, He has caused us. To be born again to a living hope. Caused us to be born again to a living hope. Regeneration. That's the second word. First, it's election. God moving with us and choosing us. But second, it's regeneration. As he's reaching down to our lifeless, spiritually speaking, bodies. From Ephesians chapter 2, right? We're dead in our trespasses and sins. He reaches down in and he breathes life into us. It's like he's doing CPR spiritually, and we are brought to life. God at work in us, regenerating us, giving us hope and life. And so we put the two together. Living hope. Living hope. Well, why is it living hope? Isn't that a strange adjective? I mean, there's hope, then there's living hope? What's he mean? Well, look what he says right after it. He says, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, we have a hope of a future with God Almighty. But that hope is based on the fact that on Easter Sunday morning, three days after Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, He arose from the dead, our Savior alive. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. He is alive. And there is hope in that. He has conquered death. He provides life. We lean upon Him with all we've got. He is our mighty Savior providing for us as He moves along and as we be able to reflect His glory. God at work, a living hope because of Jesus and His death and resurrection. So we first have election, then we have this regeneration. Well, how does that regeneration work? I mean, it says He caused us to be born again. I want to be really careful here. Some of the verses in Scripture that you read talk about an angle where we can celebrate God working with us. And then other verses of Scripture talk about our responsibility. Right? We look in the book of Romans, we see a lot about our responsibility. So let's put the two together and make sure we understand the whole. When he says God's causing you to be born again, what is it that's happening? You know, here at Harvest we often say, it's not easy, but it's as simple as... A, B, C, A, accept that I'm not perfect. Just accept it. It's for real. Are you shocked by that? Accept that you're not perfect. You make a little bit of mistakes. You're not necessarily going where God wants you to. Let's be honest. We're not perfect. Easy to admit, right? Admit it with me. Just say, I'm not perfect. Ready? I'm not perfect. All right. We got that out of the way. A accept that I'm not perfect. B believe that Jesus is God and that he died on the cross for your sins and rose again. Believe that Jesus is God. He died on the cross for your sins and rose again. It's essential that we accept who he is and what he's doing for us. A B Is that all we have to do? I mean, maybe we're done there. Here's the problem. We're told in James 2, the demons, they believe in God, but they tremble. Be careful. It's not just about some cognitive knowing of those facts. It's really about, see, confess him as your Lord. It's time to step up to saying, God, I'm giving you my life. Lord, please forgive me and use your shed blood to replace what I owe. And I'm giving you who I am. How can I reflect your glory as we go forward? A, B, C. That's what it means to experience that regeneration. To have God touch you. And to have you come to life accepting Him as your Lord and Savior. A, B, C. It's not easy. But it's as simple as that. That's regeneration. So first is election. Then regeneration. Now let's back the truck up a little bit here. Verse 2. It says, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, which we talked about, in the sanctification of the Spirit. Okay, so here's our next shun word, right? Sanctification. Okay? So what's sanctification? Sanctify. It means to set apart as holy. It means whatever you were attached to sin-wise, you're releasing from that sin and you're going closer to God. It's get me apart from the sin and close to Him. Sanctified. Okay? Sanctification. So it's a process that we go through after we're regenerated. We experience this new life, but it doesn't mean instant perfection. It means now the Holy Spirit has taken up residence within us, and He's beginning to clean house. We talked about this back in the Galatians series, but it's a lot like the jello, right? And it's not just like there's a chunk in the jello that you need to cut out and get rid of. But rather, it's like when the jello was still all liquidy, you poured this gunk in and it kind of went all in between the gelatin and then it solidified. And you're having to pull the gunk out without destroying the gelatin. Oh, it's a divine work. You see, what it's not is just human muscling it. Well, I'll just cut that little junk out and throw it away. That's not what it is. What it is, is it's the separating of the bad from the good. It's the separating of you from sin. It's the separating of your destroyed part from your good part. is sin being pushed away. Wow. That's a big work. Sanctification. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit. We learned it in Galatians. We're seeing it here. The sanctification of the Spirit. You being purified so that you can reflect Him in all of His glory as you look more like Him. Sanctification. Notice here, just kind of a cool little thing. At the end of verse 2, it says... According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Holy Spirit, for the obedience to Jesus Christ, for the obedience to Jesus Christ and the sprinkling of His blood, Him covering us. So we have the Trinity at work here in verse 2, right? God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, all at work in your salvation. Why should we be celebrating salvation today? Because God makes it his number one business in working with us. As he reaches down into touch your life, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, all at work and all excited to make an impact with you so that you can reflect his glory back to him. That's a plan. That's a celebration. It says, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. If you've grasped who Jesus Christ is, you're starting to get the greatness of it. But there's more. Election, regeneration, sanctification. Three big words, right? It's chosen, it's given life, it's purifying. That's what those words mean. And the fourth one is, he talks about here, an inheritance in verse 4. An inheritance. It's glorification. It's ending up with him for all eternity. Listen to this. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading... Kept in heaven for you. To an inheritance. You know, the thing you get from somebody else. And this is the guy who actually owns the entire universe. Everything is his. And you have an inheritance from him. Imperishable. Will not be destroyed. Undefiled. Perfectly pure. Unfading. Brilliant. In how it reflects light. And it will not change. Kept in heaven for you. Here's a cool part, verse 5. Who by God's power are being granted through faith. God's power through faith. God at work, you working with him. Are you seeing it? Too much of just God at work, we just lost half the verse. Too much of just you at work, we lost God at work, right? God's power, your faith. Make sure the two are there together. Don't lose a part of it. It's like a teeter-totter balancing. And we've got to make sure we see both ends to this. God's power, your faith. And in the midst of it, awesome salvation. He says, for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Ready to be revealed in the last time. Well, what might that look like? Glad you asked. Revelation 21, verse 7. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read this. Listen to these words. Revelation 21, 7. Glorification. What might that inheritance look like? To the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Glorification. Amen. We have a hope to be with him for all eternity. No tears, no pain, complete perfection in the presence of the Almighty for all eternity. That's the plan, and that's a big plan. We went from death, lifeless, in the muck, not reflecting Him at all, to perfect reflection for all eternity with Him. Four elements in salvation. Election, regeneration, sanctification, and glorification. Those are some big words, but they're really important to understand. Just say them with me, okay? These four words, you ready? Election, regeneration sanctification, glorification. Okay, one more time, because I know a lot of you were going, oh, I didn't write them down, and now I don't know which order they're in. All right, ready? Here we go. Election, regeneration, sanctification, glorification. Welcome to God at work in your life. That's what he's saying. You know, when I was probably eight or nine years old, there were times where we would uh, be asked to sit through the church service, And I'd sit next to my parents and my mom had her wedding ring on and I would make sure I always sat on that side. Because I could take the wedding ring and tip it and there were lights overhead and the light would reflect in the wedding ring. Some of you are nodding your head. I'm not advocating to not listen to the pastor and (laughs) look at a diamond ring instead. but, But the light was reflecting off and I used to be able to play with that thing and get all kinds of spectrums of light to shoot off of there. Why? Because of the facets of the diamond and the different angles of it. That's what Peter's saying here. You need to look at your salvation like the facets of a diamond and just tip them different angles as you look at election, God at work in you from the beginnings of time, regeneration, God breathing life into you and hope, sanctification as he's purifying you to look just like him and glorify him, and glorification, a perfect promise of perfect eternity with a perfect God. Welcome. To life with Him. God at work in our lives. Here's my question. Have you embraced it? Have you embraced salvation? I mean, are you talking a fresh faith in your life where it just rocks your world? Have you embraced that? Do you know Him as alive and well? Are you meeting with Him and seeing Him in the Scriptures as you spend time reading the Bible and hearing from Him? Do you have a faith in Him where you have... A-B-C'd. Are you there? If not, right now is the time. Do not walk away without missing out on an opportunity to know the Almighty. He wants to be working with you and holding you close to Him. Maybe you have embraced, but you're kind of losing track of the Celebration. Are you in that spot where you're like, "Ah, I got really distracted with the things of life and what's going on. And I'm telling you, I haven't really thought about that in a long time. It's time to start thinking about it. It's time to start celebrating him. We titled today, Celebrate Your Fresh Faith. Let's reflect on the four elements that we have that God is doing in our life and make sure that we are rocked to the core in knowing how much he loves us and is reaching out to us. Reach out with all you've got and celebrate him. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the four millionth time. Let him get the glory in your life as he works with you. God's mercy, our salvation. Second, Jesus' glory, our purity. Jesus' glory, our purity. Start in verse six here. He says, In this you rejoice. You know, that salvation with glorification. In this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Okay, we'll just break it down. For a little while, you know, keep perspective. It's a short time, a little while, if necessary. In other words, there's times where it won't be necessary and God may relieve you of it. But there will be various trials and they will bring grief. He says that you will be grieved by various trials. What's the word grieve mean? It's that Emotional downtrodden, right? It's the, I'm saddened, I'm heavied, I'm feeling like I may not be able to get through it. It's the, you've got to be kidding me? I have to go through that? Grief. As we wrestle and we struggle, as it saps energy from us, and we're hurting, we're learning to let go of the sin we're embracing. And start clinging to God with all we've got. And until we let go, there's going to be a bit of pain. He's saying, I've got a plan. And it's going to include some trials. Remember that sanctification we talked about of the Holy Spirit? Unfortunately, he doesn't just snap his fingers and it's all done. Instead, he brings us through some heat in order to bring the growth. He gives us a little more info here. He says, so that, verse 7, so that, purpose statement, The tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in. And then he goes through some stuff. We'll cover that in a second. Tested genuineness of your faith. In other words, he's going to put it over the fire and the fire is going to bring heat, much like gold being put over a fire to be purified. And we purify that gold and the dross comes to the top and we take it off and we leave this pure gold underneath and it is so valuable. And it is nothing compared to what you can have in him. That's what he's saying. Whatever the gold is worth, forget it. It's so much bigger. It lasts for eternity. Gold lasts for a while. It lasts for eternity. The work of God in your heart and life. Now that's worthwhile. He said, it's going to be more worthwhile than gold tested by fire because it perishes. But you get to have This life-changing, world-altering, God-honoring experience that lasts for all eternity. That's what we get to have. He says at the end of verse 7, that we may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's really kind of two parts to this. Praise and glory and honor. Those are great words, right? Lifted up and celebrated at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The second coming of our Savior. So Jesus being glorified. Yeah, we always answer that way. And that is a part of what this means. But did you know that there's more here? It's actually saying you will be lifted up. You will be given praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That you will have an opportunity where God is celebrating the work that has been done in you as it reflects his glory. John MacArthur said, what an unbelievable opportunity we have to go from the mire and the muck of this world, death, to being praised by the Almighty. And it's been his work the whole time. What a privilege. May we just celebrate God and all he's doing in us. Amen? You know... If you really grasp it, you're like, wait, did you just say celebrate pain? And the answer is, yeah, that is the call. You know, my wife and I were driving up to my family's. We had a big get-together up north in DeKalb yesterday. And uh, I said to John, you know, the sad thing is so many people sell Christianity. They try to sell faith in Christ. And they sell it like this. Come to Jesus and you'll have no more pain. Come to Jesus and, and you'll be able to have riches beyond compare you'll be blah it's junk throw it out where did you get that from start reading what does it say it says come to jesus and join the crucible you're going to jump in the fire and there's going to be some pain you're saying tim you're not doing a good job selling me on this this morning i'm telling you this you have a privilege to reflect the glory of the almighty like never before there is no satisfaction higher than meeting the, the call that God has for you. And that's his call. That you reflect his glory. I mean, come on, let's be honest. How many times have you walked out of a party with a little tear in your eye and just said, it was so great how selfish they were. I just love seeing selfish people at work. Does that happen? It doesn't happen, right? Come on, we know it's not cool. Unless it's me. Right? Right? It's time for selfishness to be set aside. It really is about him and his glory. And we need to lift him up. It's a challenge to let go so that God can start doing some work. That's what Peter's saying here. He says, what might it look like to have this? Verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible. He's saying, you can love him, you can believe in him, you can rejoice in him. That's the opportunity you have. To love him, to believe in him, to rejoice in him. And you're not going to be able to put words to it. It's going to be so awesome. That's the best way I can say it. Joy inexpressible. You will be blown away with the value of meeting him right here today and giving him your life and saying, Lord, I want to reflect you. I am done with this stuff where it's all about me. It just isn't working. Lord, may I lift you up. That's what it's about. Welcome to the plan of Jesus Christ. Him at work in our life with all we've got. May we give Him the glory. Amen? That's what it's all about. He said, love Him, believe in Him, rejoice in Him. Filled with glory. You know, Jesus filled up in you so that you're reflecting Him perfectly. Obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And here we are back to salvation again. A salvation in the immediacy, an immediate life-giving that we can experience right here and right now, and a salvation that comes at the end. Because it says where man is appointed once to die and then the judgment. We have an opportunity of salvation. God at work the whole time in our lives. That's what's worth celebrating. Jesus' glory, our purity. You know, there was a woman who went to talk to a silversmith, wanted to see if the stories were really true on how he did some things. She said, can you please show me how you work with the silver? And so he said, sure. He put on some gloves, put some silver in a crucible, grabbed some tongs, and he held that crucible over the fire, and he let it kind of heat up, and you could see it begin to boil and, and cook, basically, as the impurities were being burned off. And she said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm holding it over the hottest part of the fire. She said, well, do you just set it down and walk away, or what do you do? And he goes, no, you can't ever walk away from this. You've got to watch the whole time. If you leave it in too short, the impurities basically just get locked into it. If you leave it in too long, you'll destroy the silver. So you just have to watch until it's ready and then pull it out. Well, how do you know when to pull it out? That's easy. You see your reflection in it perfectly. As the impurities are burned off, you just look and you see your face. God Almighty is your silversmith. He's working in your heart to be able to burn off the dross, the impurities, and leave you perfectly intact to reflect his glory like never before. That's what Peter's saying. What kind of privilege is it to know a God who's working with you to fix or adjust It's a privilege of having all of that muck burned off and you perfectly reflecting his image so that he can be glorified for eternity. Now that's a plan, amen? Amen. Now that's a plan. That's something worth celebrating. The divine at work in our life so that he is glorified with all we have. May the silversmith work in your life. Question, what fires he got you in right now? What's the thing you're struggling with? We all have it. God's working with us and through us. What's your area that he's struggling, bringing you the struggles through? What fire is cooking where you're going, I'm sick of it? Maybe it's time to go, okay, Lord, I'm going to start seeing it as a crucible and a fire, and you're the silversmith. I'm trusting that it will be for a little while, if necessary. I am trusting that it will be just long enough to burn off the impurity And not long enough to destroy me. I am hoping and believing in you. I am loving you with all I've got. Take that challenge. Take that struggle. And lean on him with all you've got. He knows exactly what he's doing. Praise be to God. Jesus glorified our purity. That's the second celebration. And last. Prophets and angels amazement our privilege. Prophets and angels' amazement, our privilege. Verse 10. It says, Concerning this salvation, you know, the thing we've just spent a little while talking about here. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully. There were prophets who were writing in the Old Testament, Isaiah 53. As they're writing about this Savior who's coming to provide for you and for me. And as they're writing, they're trying to figure out what is going on with this? When will this be? Who will this be? Those are the two biggest questions. How do I know? Uh, Because I read the next verse. Verse 11, it says, Inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. What person and time, who and when, Who and when, Lord, do we get to see this? Do we get to be a part of this? And as they prayed, and as they hoped, and as they recorded what they were told of a sacrificial lamb, and yet subsequent following glories, they were given the answer of no. It's not for you. He says in the next verse, It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Know this, the prophets had an inkling of the greatness of God and how He would move. But we, we get to see what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. We get to experience the Holy Spirit taking up residence within us and working with us. We get to experience going from lifeless death to life in him we get to experience jesus and his shed blood covering us for all eternity the prophets had to look forward into it they had to be forgiven as jesus looked back romans 325 applying it backwards but we get to experience in the moment right here and right now this is what he's saying the prophets didn't get it but you get to that's what he's saying You get to know what it is. And more than that, take a look right at the end. It says, even the angels long to look into them. The angels, you know, those perfect beings who haven't fallen. That's the ones that are being referred to here. Those ones that are still with God, moving with God, working with God. They're looking into this and this is what they're saying. You've got to be kidding me. What must that have felt like? To have been completely dead to the things of God. Zero reflection of His glory from that person. Absolutely lifeless to Him. And in a moment, they were breathed into. And they sat up spiritually and they began to reflect Him just a little bit. And as God worked and shaped and moved, they began to stand up and reflect His glory even more. And we watched the Holy Spirit rush into them. And as God Almighty who... Fills the vastness of this universe. Somehow at the same time. Fills the vastness of that one soul. He works within them. To bring them along. To look more like him. Praise be to God. And someday. They're going to be all together. With us. And we're all going to be celebrating. I wonder what it must feel like. To be forgiven. That's what the angels are saying. They're looking in with amazement. As you and I. Get to experience hope, salvation, restoration, life, breath, as we get to live the forgiveness that they only heard about. As we get to experience the Spirit and Jesus Christ, may we simply celebrate Him, amen? Amen. That's what it's all about. May we just celebrate Him. I'm telling you this, deep breath here watching march madness yesterday hopefully you didn't tape a game because i'm going to tell you so butler won and it was an exciting thing right down to the end and i got to tell you there were a lot of people that were standing up and cheering there were a lot of people that were screaming at the top of their lungs and yet unfortunately the next day we walk into church and we hear about jesus and we go amen and then we pack it up and we hang and that's it here's my request Let's celebrate our faith in him. Here's my request. Let's lift this roof off today. Here's my request. With everything we have, with all that we've got, I'm talking whistling, cheering, clapping, I don't care what it is, we are going to make some noise that says, praise be to God, we serve a risen Savior. Amen? Amen. It is time for us to lift it up like you have not seen before. Let's let Embassy know Jesus is alive. Let's let East Peoria know Jesus is alive. Amen. We need everybody to put your stuff in your Bibles and stand up. It's time for us to make a little bit of a celebration time.